0: The story is told of a young boy who wanted $100 very badly. He prayed and prayed and prayed for a long time, but nothing happened. How many of you have been there? You pray and pray and pray for something, and nothing happened. Undaunted by this lack of response, he decided to write a letter to God presenting his request once again. And so the post office receives this letter. It's simply addressed to God, USA. That's his address. So the post office, not knowing what else to do, they decided to forward it and send it all the way to Washington, D.C., where it makes its way to the president. The president was interested in the letter enough and instructed someone at the government to, uh, to positively help out this little boy and send him five dollars. $5, a, you know, that would be pretty exciting to get something anyway. And indeed, the boy was delighted with his $5 bill. He sat down immediately and wrote a thank you note to God. Well, this letter was forwarded all the way to Washington, D.C. as well in the present, and it read like this. Dear God, thank you so much for sending me the money. However, I noticed that for some reason you sent it through Washington, D.C., And those guys deducted $95 in taxes. (laughs) A whole lot there in in, uh, what's probably not a true story. But uh, the the faith of a child to ask God for something and act on it. And then, you know, the earnestness and sincerity to trust and believe. God sent the full amount and for some reason he just didn't get it all. We do welcome you to Alder Assembly of God. We do welcome you back to our series entitled Text. T-X-T as we're taking a look at some of those great texts and scriptures in the Word of God. So far, we've looked at 2 Timothy 3.16, Ephesians 2.8, and Romans 8.28. We've we've looked at a number of uh, powerful and familiar scriptures. This morning, I want to invite you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 7. Now, we're going to be reading uh, over the course of the message a handful of scriptures, but our theme verse is Matthew 7, verse 7. From the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is preaching and proclaiming, and he says this in verse 7 Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened unto you. That's the main verse we're looking at. Now, we're going to read verse 8 as well, and in a few moments later, we'll we'll read maybe the next several verses. Verse 8 says, Everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and the one to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. And so the, the central truth, the, the big idea for today is this, in order to receive, ask and believe. Now we've got to be cautious, we've got to be a little careful, and we'll, we'll get into it, but we don't want to be uh, so focused on one side or another, and, and we'll talk about some of those things. But Jesus said to ask. Now, you notice that uh, that is kind of in uh, uh, an acronym format, as much as we did with grace, A-S-K. And so, we're looking at verse 7. Jesus said to ask, seek, and knock, A-S-K. So, in order to receive, we're to ask God and believe. So, or to, to kind of title it to, besides the scripture, it might be how to receive from God. Now, how you take that might be a little different because some of you would say, yes, man, I'm ready. I'm taking notes and I'm going to follow it. I'm ready. I'm, I'm going to tell God what I want and, I, and I'm going to get it because Pastor Mark said, this is how you receive from God. If I just do step one, two, three, bang, I'm going to get it. We're going to look at the biblical principles of how we do receive from God. So first of all, how do we receive? We must ask prayerfully. Ask prayerfully. Jesus said, ask and it will be given to you. How many of you know, sometimes simply by asking, you're able to receive? I mean, in some cases when it comes to a family member, whether it's a child asking a parent or a grandparent, simply by asking, Asking sometimes we receive, or you're you're looking to try to find a, a bargain or a deal, or you're going shopping. It it could be at a garage sale, it could be at a store, and you ask, "Is there any discount available?" Sometimes by merely asking, you receive what you've asked for. Paul writes in Philippians chapter four, verse six, that in everything by prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known unto God. In other words ask. In other words, bring them to God. If there are needs, if there are things that are, are needed to take place, needed to receive from the Lord, the, the first step is simply to ask. Bring them to God. In fact, James writes this in chapter 4 verse 2. He says, you do not have because you do not ask God. King James would say, you have not because you ask not. Now, it's not just as simple as saying, okay, I prayed a prayer." bang, presto, everything I've prayed I receive. But that's the first step. If we're looking to receive whatever it is, we must ask. Now notice Jesus doesn't say, dictate God, order God around, command God, or demand it from him and you'll receive it. Jesus said to ask and it shall be given. As I mentioned, we'll talk about this here. We've got to be cautious that we don't treat God like a genie or like a Santa Claus, right? The genie in the bottle is, you know, or the genie in the lamp is, you know, you rub it. The genie comes out and you say, wow, you get three wishes. Okay, I wish for unlimited wishes. And and then we start wishing for everything. God is not the genie that we somehow rub the lamp, you know, take out the word of God and say, okay, God, you, you said ask, so I'm asking and I demand you give it to me. He said ask. We're not demanding. We're not commanding. And, and it's not necessarily God has Santa Claus to where we say, okay, God, here's the list. Here's ten things. Pick any of them and I'll be great. But we do ask. Jesus specifically said to ask. What happens when you ask for something? You realize either you don't have what you're asking for, <clears throat> maybe you don't have the resources, you know, you're asking for something as a child, you don't have the resources to receive that, or maybe asking for health or direction or wisdom, you're, you're asking for something that you don't have. You are recognizing you're dependent upon the giver, aren't you? If you come to a parent or to a grandparent with a, with a wish list, you're dependent on their love for you, on their desire to bless. You realize, I don't have what I'm asking for. I might not even have the resources to get what I'm asking for, but I believe that this one does. I believe as a parent or as a grandparent or, or this individual who can help and assist in this need, I'm asking because I don't have the resources, but I believe this person does. How many of you know our God has incredible resources? Resources to heal bodies, resources to provide and and provide financially, resources of comfort and strength and peace in the midst of difficulty and hardship. You name it, and God has it. And so we can come and we can ask So we've got to, you know, much like we were talking about before and kind of navigating the waters between one side or another side when it comes to this mask issue, we've got to be cautious when it comes to this. Because how many of you have heard the phrase, it's been popularized, kind of termed over the years, name it and claim it. Basically, that refers to individuals, and in some cases, pastors or evangelists, uh, Many who would say, you know, just tell God what you want. And he's got to do it for you. Basically, name it and claim it. So on that one hand, what we're saying is, that side says, well, it's more of demanding or commanding God. He's got to listen to you because you're a child of God. So tell God and you will definitely get it. We've got to be cautious not to go to that extreme. But hear me out. Jesus said, ask. So the other extreme that many times people do is, well, God's word also says, he knows what we have need of before I even ask. (laughs) I just won't ask. One extreme demands God to ask. The other side says, I'm not even going to ask, and I just hope that something will happen. Navigating between the two is doing what Jesus said, which is to ask and to ask prayerfully. We admit that we need help. We admit he's got the resources that can help us. Evangelist R.A. Torrey said this, we do not live in a praying age. We live in an age of hustle and bustle, of man's efforts and man's determination, man's confidence in himself and his own power to achieve things. That was quoted many years ago, but very true today. Man's, 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 man's. We say, I can do it, and Jesus is saying, "Ask, come to me. Let your requests be made known unto God. Ask." But when we ask, we ask prayerfully, and we ask with the right motives. Right? James covered this in James chapter four, verse three. He just got done saying, "Many times you have not because you ask not." That was verse two. James four three says, "When you ask, you do not receive." Because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. See, sometimes we don't receive anything because we simply don't ask. But Sometimes we ask and we've got an ulterior motive. We, we've got an incorrect motive. Again, we're wanting something for self, maybe not necessarily to honor and to serve and to please God. W. Barkley wrote this: true prayer is asking God for what he wants. Wow. Because many times our, our our prayer to God becomes a gimme list. Now we can bring needs and we can bring requests, but if that's all that it is, it's gimme, gimme, gimme. And we're not listening to hear his heart. We're not listening to seek after his will. He says, Prayer is asking God, God, what do you want? Allow your will and your wish and your desire to become my heart. Focus on God, his kingdom and his will, instead of our wants and wishes. Think of this as the illustration. Stanley Jones made this analogy when it comes to prayer and asking. He says, surrender comes on our part, not God's. Think of it this way. If you are on a boat and you throw a hook and a rope onto the shore and attach it and pull, do you pull the land to the boat or do you pull the boat to the land? What do you think? Now, I know some of you are strong and muscular and all that. But no matter how strong you are, we are not pulling the large, immovable land mass towards the boat in the middle of the lake. We're pulling our little boat into the land. And he's he's trying to give that illustration. When it it comes to prayer, we're not saying, God, I'm pulling you to my direction, and I'm going to force you to do what I want you to do. As we're tugging and pulling, we're really pulling ourselves closer to him. We're asking, but the more we ask, maybe those prayers change a little bit. Because maybe God changes us a little bit as we begin to ask, ask prayerfully, ask with the right motives, ask in humility. Don't you know how we ask is often as important as simply asking in the first place? You've seen it. Whether it's a a parent with a child, or a grandparent with a grandchild, or or a boss with an employee, or or a friend with a friend. There are many different ways that we ask somebody for something, right? But when somebody asks slash commands you to do something for them, aren't you a little bit on edge, They're they're demanding that you do something. Now, you might want to do it. You might like to do it. But you probably, I'm just guessing, you probably would prefer somebody humbly, gently, kindly, respectfully asking and requesting. Our humility, our prayerfulness is important. God's Word talks about humbling ourselves in the sight of God. In a sense, Throwing off the pride, yes, we come boldly to the throne of grace, but not to demand. We ask and request. So first of all, in order to receive, ask, and believe, the A is let us ask prayerfully. Yes, come to God. Yes, ask Him. Yes, with right motives. Yes, in prayerfulness and humility. Secondly, how do we receive from God? Yes, we seek properly. Seek properly. Jesus says to seek and you will find. Or to seek God. We often we get wrapped up in so many things other than God, don't we? Now there's a whole lot of stuff that vies for our attention. And so, you know, we're asking God, but then our, our eyesight kind of looks around and we begin seeking all of these other things as opposed to God. We've got to have that heart and that desire to seek after him. Is it a priority? See, asking is, well, asking, it's, it's making that request. It's bringing those things before God. The seeking kind of takes it a little further. It makes it a priority. Jesus put it this way in Matthew 6.33, another familiar verse. He says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That's who and what we're to seek. Seek him first, seek his righteousness, seek his will, and then what? And all these things shall be added to you as well. We've touched on this in in a previous message months ago, but so many times we're seeking after the other things, hoping to end up with God, but we don't. God says, if we seek him, we seek him first, we seek his righteousness, he said the other things will be added as well. So we seek after the as well, and we don't receive them or God. Or we seek after God, him, his righteousness, and he provides the other things as well. That seems like a good choice, a good option to make is to seek God as the priority. To seek after him like something is valuable and lost. You ever lost something of value? She got a mask on upstairs, but I think Kimmy's smiling. I saw her eyes twinkle. Years ago, I think it might have even have been before all of our girls, we were in Lima and uh, Kim had just gone shopping, got back from the store, was putting groceries away, finished everything, and looks around feels her left hand, and the ring finger was bare. No wedding ring. Now, how many of you, whether you are man or woman, to lose a wedding ring causes a little bit of fear, a little bit of nervousness, like, what happened? Where is it? And i got to find it, right? Got to get it back. Now, in seeking after that ring, I want to tell you, we had a little bit of an intensity and a little bit of a priority to seek what was lost. Now, we approached it a little bit differently. Kim was, you know, she was checking on the various places that she had gone. She, she called the store to see if anybody had found it or turned it in. I think uh, she might have driven and kind of looked around uh, where she parked and maybe, you know, went up and down the aisles and, and, you know, just kind of logically finding some things, believing it was just, it was lost somewhere. I, on the other hand, uh, went all sleuth and detective and private investigator out. I was just certain that somebody had found it, and you know they're they're going to pawn it in a pawn shop or sell it on eBay or you know sell it sell it on Facebook or Craigslist. So I'm becoming internet sleuth investigator. Because it, it was gone, and, and for a number of days, she's following up with people. I'm scouting all of the, uh, the ads to see, you know, in the newspaper. You know, is anybody selling something that seems to be what Kim had? And so she took one of her, you know, other little rings, and she was just wearing something on that ring finger. And, you know, that, that persistence and that seeking little by little kind of lessened as, as you wondered, would we ever find it again? And the answer was Yes in the freezer, underneath a pizza box. What was it, three weeks, a month later, something like that? Uh, She went to pull out a pizza box and noticed that it was sitting up kind of awkwardly. It wasn't flat along the bottom. And as she reached in underneath the box, there was her wedding ring. Now, you would think after three weeks to a month, it would be frozen solid and icy. It literally... As she pulled it out, it seemed like it was room temperature. Like, you know, God had just surrounded that somehow with his, his peace and protection. But when something is lost, you seek after it. Do we have that same attitude, desire, and priority when it comes to seeking after God? When we lose something, everything else becomes secondary, And when we're seeking something from God, everything else becomes secondary. We're asking, and we're doing so prayerfully, but but we're seeking with a little bit of priority that as we seek Him, God's God's going to bless and, and bless us in that relationship with Him, but we believe these other things will be added as well. Seeking after Him and putting other things on hold. So, Ask, take those needs to God, take those requests to God, do so in the right attitude, do so in the right heart, but seek, seek God, put Him first as that priority. So in order to ask, in order to receive rather, we ask and believe. We're asking prayerfully, seeking properly, and finally, we knock persistently. How many of you like to knock? Even, even if there's a doorbell there, you are a knock on the door kind of person. See, asking is I need to at least acknowledge the fact I've got a need and someone else is going to be help, uh, able to help and to bless and for, for me to receive it. Seeking is, I'm going to follow that up. I'm going to make it a priority. I'm going to determine to keep seeking after it. Knock kind of takes that to the next level and it has and carries that idea of persistence. He said, Knock and the door will be opened unto you. George Mueller wrote this The great fault of the children of God is this they do not continue in prayer, they do not go on praying. They do not persevere. If they desire anything for God's glory, they should pray until they receive it. It Reminds me of uh, uh, the wristband or the bracelet. Uh, Late 90s, early 2000s, uh, one that was extremely popular, right, was the WWJD. What would Jesus do? And and there are all kinds of little wristbands woven or or rubber, silicone, silicone. But there's another one that that was fairly popular as well, and you might have seen it or worn it. It was called PUSH, P-U-S-H, pray until something happens. It's that aspect, it's that desire, it's that propensity to persevere. Don't just pray once. In asking. Don't just pray a couple of times in seeking, but continue, continue, continue to pray. How many of you maybe you've had an answer to prayer and you've prayed weeks, months, years before God answered a prayer? No doubt there's some of those, and and many of you could say that. I know as well that you could. Either lift your hand or nod your head and say, maybe I've prayed for many things, weeks, months, years, and still have not received it yet. Does that mean we give up? We pray. We pray. We pray. We knock persistently. See, it takes some humility to ask. We're saying, I don't have what's needed. I'm not able to heal this body. I don't have the resources needed financially. I don't have the peace or the comfort or the strength. So I'm going to go to the one who does. I'm going to ask. It it takes some humility to ask. It takes some faith to seek. I'm going to keep seeking. I've got faith to believe that God can meet that need. But it takes persistence to knock. Now, one of the, uh, uh, the blessings that we've experienced of being here, pastoring here, living in Ada, uh, we're right across the street, as you uh, most know, across the street from Kimmy's parents, Gary and Sue, Mamaw and Papaw. And over the years, a uh, blessed to, to have great opportunities of going back and forth and the girls going back and forth. But here's what that looks like, because uh, Kim desires to make sure that our house is locked up tight. So if they're heading across the street, you know, they'll exit the house. She'll watch them through the window and and watch them as they walk into the open garage door and they walk inside and the garage door closes. Immediately, our front door is locked. Our front door, our side door, our garage door, any door we've got, it's locked. So consequently, when they come back over, they might call or text or whatnot, and, and we know that they are coming at, at some point. Um, it's gotten to the point where, you know, they would let us know, and, and one of us would go and kind of open the door. But earlier on, uh, sometimes they would come over a little, little sooner than you think, or maybe they didn't even call or text. And Brookie, in particular, would like to ring the doorbell. Now, maybe her style is your style, right? So when Brookie would come to the front door, she doesn't just stand there, push the button, and wait patiently. No. Uh, How many of you, that's your approach? Stand, push the button once, and wait patiently, not getting too many takers. Brookie would stand there, push the button. Half a second later, if nobody has come to the door, she would ding-dong it once or twice more. And then after a full second, if no one is instantly opening the door, she might go ding-dong, 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 Right? She might push it 5, 10, 15, 20 times. In other words, she is persistent. Now, if you're inside, and maybe we're in the living room, family room, kitchen, dining room, wherever, and you hear the doorbell, you're making your way to the door. You hear it again, you hear it pretty soon you're hightailing because you want to open the door to stop the persistent button, right? There's persistence there. We are to pray persistently, not giving up. Now, Sometimes we, we think or we feel that if we continue to pray and the, the answer is not received, well, is there a lack of faith or trust or somehow is it based on me or God? I don't, I I can't tell you how and why God answers some and not others. Or why God answers some immediately and others it takes time. I'm not God. I'm here to tell you what Jesus himself said. Ask, seek, and knock. Keep trusting, keep praying. I mean, Jesus in Luke chapter 18, remember the parable of the, it's called the persistent widow. Luke 18, 1, Jesus taught his disciples a parable to encourage them to pray and not give up. The the gist of the story was a widow was seeking justice and she went to an unjust judge and continued and continued and persevered and persisted and finally the judge said, I'll grant you your request. And Jesus' point was this, basically, If the wicked one, if this sinful one, will respond to persistence, how much more our Heavenly Father? He's not drawing the connection to say, well, God is an unjust judge. He's not. He's saying, if an unjust judge will respond to persistence, how much more our Heavenly Father who loves us and who cares about us. Pray. Pray. Pray pray and seek. Jesus uh, continues here in Matthew chapter 7. We read verse 8, following verse 7, but check out verse 9, 10, and 11 as Jesus describes this. He said, which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? I mean, It seems like a no-brainer. We want to give the best to our children or grandchildren to those that are around us. He says, verse 11, if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? How much more? I mean, I don't know about you. I love, Kim and I love to bless Our kids. I think think you enjoy doing that, and and from what I understand, uh, that that ramps up when you become a grandparent. You you get all the blessings, and then you send them back home, right? But whether you're a parent, or a grandparent, or you just love people, we tend to love to bless, and and we want to do our best for our girls in trying to bless and, and give good things. Sometimes it's things that they desire. Sometimes it's things they desire. Sometimes we desire to bless with something above and beyond what they would have anticipated. But a parent's desire, a grandparent's desire is to bless. Jesus is saying human beings, in comparison to God, we are evil. We are sinful. He is not. If we in our imperfection desire to give good gifts to our children and grandchildren and those around us, how much more a kind, loving, compassionate Heavenly Father, how much more does He want to bless? So ask and seek and knock persistently. God often delights in giving things even better than we could ask for or imagine. Maybe you've had that as your heart sometimes as a a parent or a grandparent. you you know, when, when girls were little, we've said, you just kind of walk up and down the, the aisle and grab something from the tor- toy store, and as they get a little older, maybe we're, we're looking for some lists, you know, a birthday list or a Christmas list. Now, it doesn't mean that they always get everything on the list, but we want to have an idea of, of what it is that they're desiring, and, and we want to be able to bless them. And so many times we're, we're trying to provide what they are asking for, and in some cases... We might go above and beyond. We might bless with something they didn't ask for. Maybe they didn't think it it was even possible, so I'm not going to ask for it. And we blessed and gave it anyway. How much more our Heavenly Father, who loves us, loves you like crazy, that we can go to Him. Now, as we go to Him, as we seek, and as we ask and seek and knock, we trust and we believe that He knows what's best for us. Right. When when children or grandchildren ask, uh, uh, there are some things we've said no to. Maybe we don't think it's the best gift, or maybe we don't think it's the right time. As a parent, you don't always say yes. You, you love to say yes, but how many of you know? Sometimes, as a parent or a grandparent, maybe you say no. So when we come to God, understand God knows what is truly good. God knows what is truly best for you and best for me. He knows what we need. He knows what will be good for us. Sometimes his gifts and blessings, they're not the most comfortable or pleasant, but they are necessary. Can I get an amen for veggies? How many many of you, you had a a parent or, or, you know, you were raised in a home where you did not eat ice cream and cake and cookies as your main dish every meal. For some reason, there was a meat on there or a potato on there or some veggies on there, a little bit of fruit here and there, right? Mixed in. I mean, left up to their own desires, hey, pizza, mac and cheese, and cookies, that, that's a pretty good diet, But how many of you know, there's some other things we might need for, you know, strength and maybe a little bit better balance in what we eat. Sometimes what God gives, they're what we need, even if it's not always what we desire. Well, I ask for this, and I haven't received it. Or I ask for this, and God seemed to guide and direct in this way. Trust Him. Believe in Him. Yes, ask, bring our needs, bring our requests, continue on and seek. Knock, knock persistently. Don't give up if we don't see anything happen. When that family member or friend has not surrendered their heart and life to Jesus, keep praying, keep trusting. When that need has not been met yet, whatever the case might be, keep trusting and praying in God. So in order to receive, you want to receive from God? We don't demand, we don't command, we don't order Him, but we ask. Ask prayerfully, seek properly, and knock persistently.